ladies and gentlemen, however you may identify, let's just talk. This one, the plan wasn't for it to be scripted, really. I just wanted to talk. The premise is life is hard. It really is in so many ways. This episode is really just me being transparent, being vulnerable, trying to be honest, trying to relate, anything like that. First and foremost, if you're listening, thank you. I greatly appreciate it. I really do. I didn't know what to start this episode with, but because there's just so much happening, I want to start by saying something I don't think I've said before, but me, myself, I am an empath. What does that mean? What is an empath? When people around me are in a bad mood, I can feel it. It's one of the best and worst things about me. I got it from my mom, too. (laughs) Whenever one of my family members or her friends aren't doing too well, she just feels it. She'll reach out to them and be right like 99% of the time. With me... It's 100% of the time. I'd have a bad day in college, and she'd text me right away. She'd call me right away. It's crazy. And I'm the same way. I can tell when my family's having a bad day, when my girlfriend's having a bad day, when my friends are. And sometimes it's not just limited to them. Sometimes if enough people I know are having a bad stretch at the same time, I can feel it. This week was finals week at Drexel, and I woke up this Monday and I just felt anxious. And that was primarily the reason. My friends and mentees were stressed out. I had to text them. I couldn't shake it. I posted a cute little penguin meme for motivation on my Instagram story, but realistically, I wanted to go see my guys. I wanted to tell them that I'm proud of them, but of course, you know, COVID. (laughs) So I had to stick with the long distance support. Another thing that I wanted to open with, there is a very notable problem that I have personally, and that it's that I hold stuff in for too long. And then all of a sudden, it just compounds into an eruption of all the things I didn't slowly express issue with. And it's related to many things in my life. I don't want to come across as an angry black man. I don't want to inconvenience anyone by feeling like I'm complaining. I'm supposed to be, you know, strong in my head. I I do think that I do a good job of balancing my emotions. I did a whole segment in an episode describing that 88% of the time I'm happy, 11% of the time I'm neutral, and 1% is bad. But I just thought about it again, and that 1% is so much stronger 
than the other 11 and a good chunk of the 88% too. It doesn't matter that I'm rarely upset. It's that when I am upset, it's so much more potent than much else. So I got to work on that. And it's on me to be better. Next thing. COVID is hard. COVID is hard. Someone undeniably close to me, one of the most important people in my life has been sick and displaying symptoms of COVID. And I was I was going through it because I'm thinking about what that means for me and for other people around me. Thankfully, that person doesn't have COVID, it looks like, but they're still sick. And there wasn't a second that I didn't think about them this entire week, literally nonstop. And they'll be okay. But just thinking that because they're sick, that it could have been COVID is so frustrating. Because it's scary. They and I both do so well at making sure we limit our germ circle as much as humanly possible. And yet we were panicking because there was a chance that somehow, some way, we slipped up somewhere. Thankfully, we didn't. But it's not like that COVID looming threat at all times is gone covid will be here for the foreseeable future and with every passing moment i get so much more and more fatigued by it it's more than i just want to go have fun i want to not think about the fact that i'm living with my grandmother my father with diabetes and my mother You are all over 55 years old, and I could somehow asymptomatically transmit and endanger my entire family. Whether it's going to pick up some food, working, going to the grocery store, I have no idea. And it's so, so infuriating that my Instagram stories are full of people still going out. I've been increasingly mad about this because people just don't care. And I thought this entire time I was mad because they're being stupid and I know them. But no, that's not the whole story. Because I've learned that I can ignore stupid It's because I'm jealous. I'm jealous that they don't care. Me, who had to cancel my birthday, my spring break trip, my girlfriend's birthday party, my graduation, and much of everything else important to me event-wise in 2020, because the health of my family means more to me than graduating in a five-year program. And that people my age 
from my same graduating class and younger are going out because they don't have to care. I want to not care. I want to have fun. I want to have that hilariously short-sighted and selfish mindset of, well, I'm young, so it doesn't affect me that much. Or, oh, since I'm young, I'll just recover if I get it. When the point is you don't just spread it to yourself. I wish I could not care. And that's why I'm so mad. Ignorance is bliss, right? I mean, with COVID, we're we're in our third peak with a really, really bad fourth one coming. Here's what I mean. The first peak was when we all practically knew nothing back in early April. Then it calmed down a bit. The second peak was when people saw the 4th of July and said, hey, let's have maximum fun. And two weeks later, it was bad. The third one started when people saw Halloween and said, eh, if I get it, I get it. And went to see their family members indoors or their friends at a costume party. And now it's completely out of control. There isn't a single state with a decreasing amount of cases. What I mean is this. Every state is either at the same place they were in July or infinitely worse. Hospitals are packed and it's not even over yet. Think of it like this. The people who were careless enough to congregate for Halloween and didn't get it. Then congregated for Thanksgiving and didn't get it. What do you think they're going to do for Christmas, huh? Behave? Absolutely not. Not to mention that people from December to February get hospitalized with other normal year illnesses like the flu and since, and since hospitals are full, more people are going to have a harder time getting treated for new cases of COVID and the flu. It's so bad. And not to mention that quite possibly the worst part I haven't even said yet. The people on college campuses that haven't left yet are about to come home and make a quasi-family gathering. Plus, the federal assistance on rent payments is going to expire on December 26th, meaning that if nothing is introduced in two weeks, you're putting millions of people out of their homes and apartments, meaning that they are either homeless in winter Or moving in with their families, making an even bigger germ circle, exposing even more people to COVID in the process. It never ends. It's so bad. But Theo, there's a vaccine. I'm so cynical of this vaccine. Not that it won't work, it very much could work very well. 
it's more like when will people like me get it here's what i mean from what i've read you need to take the vaccine twice over the course of several weeks on top of that hospital workers need to get it first which makes sense but there's only 50 million doses available at first but if everyone needs two that's 25 million people getting treated which is still a good amount but i just read the press release from the state of Maryland on how many vaccine doses we're about to get. Here's the gist of it. We're getting 60,000 doses. Hospital workers and senior care workers are getting it first. But everyone needs two. So 30,000 people are getting it. How many people does Maryland have, you may ask? Six million. For even more context, guess how many employees it's reported that Johns Hopkins Hospital has? 30,000. So we're not even getting every hospital worker in the state of Maryland treated right away. The amount of vaccines each state gets is relative to population, of course, like California and New York and Texas will get the majority of them, but even they aren't getting enough for every hospital worker. It's crazy. So when do I think I'd get a chance to get the vaccine? I'd probably guess November of next year. That would mean nearly 18 months of quarantine before I get a vaccine. Actually, no, my math is wrong because I just don't think because March to November is eight months. So that would be 20 months of quarantine before a vaccine for someone like me, (sighs) which would be at the very least maddening. (laughs) but man when when does stuff like this ever end and that's why it's just so hard now i will say this this is definitely nowhere scripted no what i'm about to say from the rest of this but i want to say just a few things just off the dome right this is hard this is this is very hard and I want it to be that I'm not just saying things that are negative, but I mean, it really is that my social media presence or usually my outward presence, if you met me in person, is it really is positive. And for the most part, I am like, I really am. But these moments like this, I think it's really important to tell you, to share at the very least that I do feel this way. And it's now more than ever, right? I was kind of inspired to share this because um, one of my 
favorite YouTube creators. His name's Philip DeFranco. He he covers news. It's pretty unbiased. It's pretty entertaining. And I've watched him like every day for almost five or six years now, right? And he made a video on his other channel in like one of his side channels and he was being transparent. He was talking about, you know, his struggles throughout the pandemic, how he's dealt with it personally. And I was just like, man, I would have never guessed someone like that would be going through something that hard, something so tough. And I mean, it was a really good video and no, personally, I've never gone through what he's gone through, but I was just thinking like, wow, I, I'm glad he was transparent and I felt like I should be too. You know, I think that it's really good when you can be honest with yourself and honest with your public self too, that, Hey, whoever may be listening, uh, the guy on the other end of this microphone is going through it, you know? Um, and it's hard, right? One of the other things I was thinking about the other day was just social media. It's both the best thing and the worst thing. I was going to make an entire episode on it, but I really wanted to lump it into this. I can't tell you how many, how hard it is for people to really get a break because so much of your day is tied to other people. What I mean is comparisons, right? You, social media makes it so like, yes, you interact with people, but it's almost a flex contest at times, right? And I, I'll be very honest here. I go on social media to have fun, but I very much developed a strategy for how to avoid n- not liking social media, you know? Here's what I mean. On my Twitter, I never sad boy. I don't sad boy on my Twitter. Usually because I have nothing to sad boy over, but I don't do it. And I don't do it on Instagram either. I I don't do the black screen, no one hit me up, real ones know what's going on. I don't do that stuff, right? But you, I do know a lot about social media and how it just works, you know? Um, what I mean is this. I... I joined Instagram in 2013 and I didn't really know what was going on for context. I didn't have Facebook until my freshman year of college. My parents didn't really want me on social media at all, but I got Snapchat in 2012 and then I got Instagram in 2013. I didn't have Twitter until 2015 and Facebook until later in 2015. So For me, social media was new with Instagram, basically, and I didn't know what was going on, right? I was, like, taking selfies, and obviously, I would never do that again, but I was trying to figure out my brand style, and what I've noticed was that I could more or less hedge my emotions on social media, and I know that sounds like a really strange sentence, but what I mean is this. I know everything. I mean everything about how my own Instagram works. And it's partially because I'm a nerd, but it's really so I didn't get my feelings hurt if I posted something and it didn't do well, right? 
I remember when recently Instagram was transparent about like they were trying to say, yeah, a lot of kids are feeling well, a lot of users are feeling negatively about themselves because their posts aren't getting enough likes or they can see other people's posts are doing better than theirs or whatever the case may be. So they were going to float this idea where they weren't going to let people see who liked their post or something like that. Right. And clearly that didn't reach its fullest potential. Like, I don't think they really rolled it out to more than 10% of the audience and then they rolled it back. But that idea in of itself is Instagram telling you, yeah, we know that your, your self-image is tied to these numbers, right? And to be fair, like, so was mine. <laughs> like, me, someone who, excuse me, someone who is as outwardly confident and really internally confident as almost anyone you'll ever meet. That is true, right? I remember earlier on when I was in school, and I talked about this in another podcast episode. It might have been in one of the race ones, but it took me a really long time to understand who, what I wanted to be, who I was myself. Like, who was Theo? I didn't know that answer for uh, the first, what, 19 years of me living, right? And especially when you get on social media and you already have internalized like, yeah, Theo, you're really not that attractive, right? That's just how it is. You're, you grow up in a very, yeah, very white, thin centric community and you then enter social media, which couldn't be more superficial, right? So here I am figuring out what to post, when to post it, and what not to post only as a measure, really, not just so it would do well, but so it wouldn't do bad. And here's what I figured out. And if you look at my, if you follow me on Instagram, because that's probably the, how you got to this point anyway, you can go down my timeline and you'll see that I know all of these things on purpose, right? Here's how it is. Obviously, no extraneous, no extra women that aren't my girlfriend, obviously, that's rule zero. <laughs> but here's one, here's the real breakdown. There's a cap to how many people ever since 2016, 17 is when I really found it out. There's a cap to how many people are in the posts. You, you'll see, like if you look, there's a set fixed number as to how many people are in the picture with me from like 2017 on. It's usually a ceiling of two, right? I had some before I got to college where I would say it was like the most I ever had was like five, right? But the ceiling was really two, right? From 2017 on. If the picture doesn't have my girlfriend in it, I will probably be wearing a suit. And I know that. That's very deliberate. I only do that. That's the case, right? Because I understand that I'm probably I'm not a streetwear guy. My fits are graph or like don't are not graphic tees at all. They're plain t-shirts or plain hoodies, right? 
So if the picture in question has me in it, I'm probably wearing a suit. If it's not a suit, it's probably me wearing something graduation related, right? That's just how it is. It's graduation, a suit, or my girlfriend. For the most part, if not, every single post since 2017, right? Another thing I noticed. Another thing I noticed. Time of day. What time of day is the best time to post? I knew this so I could maximize how many likes I would get. When I was in high school, the answer was either 4 p.m. or 6 p.m. Why? Most people got home from school. If they got out at 3, around 3.30, unwind, chill out, go on their phone at 4 o'clock. If they played a sport, they would get home. They would end at 5, then go home, unwind, shower, chill out, get on their phone at 6. So either post at 4 or 6, right? Another rule. How many times do I post in a year? If you look, there's a there's actually a ceiling on that too. The general average is 4. Without any special circumstances happening in the year, I post 4 times in a year. The given is always my anniversary, which is June 30th. It'll always be on June 30th. And it'll be one suit picture, and then the rest is either more suits or with my girlfriend. But one guaranteed one guaranteed post on June 30th, and I figure out the rest from there, not to exceed five posts in a year, but... We're aiming for around four. It's kind of quarterly. The only exceptions are special events, graduations, or anything like that. Four posts a year. Average. Another thing. Time of day in the picture. I don't know if you don't know if you know this, but I'm dark. I'm very, 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 very dark like I'm like it's kind of like this hide and seek if I wasn't so big man (laughs) elite (laughs) that's just how it is right turn the lights out where did Theo go well literally where did I go you know what I'm saying but that's how it is Time of day in the pictures, quality of the pictures, the light has to be coming from in front of me, no matter what. That's how it is. I know all of these things. Oh, I forgot to add the part about timing when I was in college. There was a day of week that worked best when I was in college. There was a time of day that worked best when I was in college. Those days were Tuesdays, Thursdays. And Fridays, if I remember correctly, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, either 6 p.m., 4 p.m., or 1 p.m. Most people, their academic day was over at 3.50 at Drexel. 
most people got off work at five, then account for the commute, then get home 6 p.m. Or lunch break, throw it in at one. People are usually getting right back to their desk. 1 p.m. And I know all these things. Not specifically so my Instagram posts would do well, because I, of course I want them to do well, but I know this so that I don't get sad if they don't do well. That's just being transparent. And you may be thinking, like, why, Theo, you have, you know, so much. Like, I am very, very, very satisfied with my relationship. I couldn't be more satisfied. It's the greatest relationship of all time but sometimes you just need stuff for yourself you want to feel the validation like yeah people do still like you theo and of course that isn't supposed to be measured by instagram likes but it's hard not to equate it to that so i have developed a almost foolproof system and you can see it works if you look at my likes over time very rarely is there a dip. Every time there's a picture of my girlfriend, give or take a special of occasion boost. Every time I post with her, it goes up and 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 up in an almost straight line from like 2015 on. <clears throat> and that's just how it is. I mean, how like that. I, me, the person on this microphone, still struggle, sometimes not equating my value to some numbers on an app. It, it's almost like self-defense. And that's how it is. And to people, other people on Instagram, and I, I have to give myself this pep talk because it doesn't really apply to me as much because I like I said my problem is the numbers right but to the to my to my homie to everyone right you're you're you you're so talented intelligent you're you I'm thankful for who you are and no app, no person can take who you are away from you. It's hard not to compare yourself to other people. You know, it's hard not to look at someone who's your age or your height, your race, your whatever, and see them doing well and look at yourself and be like, well, I'm not doing that. Right. Transparently, I had a lot early on in in college, like mid like sophomore year, I was getting like I was feeling like kind of self-conscious because there were people my, in my year that were traveling a lot, like a lot, a lot. And I was like, I haven't left North America, <laughs> you know, and. I was just like, man, what am I doing wrong that I'm not them? This is me who, like, was one year, was a couple months away from buying a car, 
me one year away from about about to give a TED talk, me being like, what am I doing wrong? Because I'm not traveling or I'm not doing this. I was still comparing myself like that. And that's not healthy. It's not good. Right. And I really had to have a long conversation with myself. And I just had to say, hey, Theo, you just don't have the same circumstances as them. Right. And that's how it is. And that happen that happens with careers, that happens with finances, that happens with looks too, you know? Like really good example I have is when you have these influencers and they're like, Hey, look how I uh got in super decent hot shape in like six easy steps, but they didn't tell you that steps one through 30 were get plastic surgery. And now I'm going to sell you a product on how to look like me when that's just completely false, you know? Hey, you're you. It, for the people who are who feel, you know, self-conscious and stuff like that, just know that life isn't Instagram. Life isn't Twitter. Because there's there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes, you know? People... I mean, for pictures, Photoshop, Lightroom, Facetune, all that stuff, right? That's why life isn't in pictures. It's real life, you know? It's hard. I trust I. it's hard. Me comparing myself to my peers on a semi-consistent basis for the first couple years of college, it's hard. And I had a really good talk one time. I forget who it was with, but... I just remember the the takeaway was, you know, that there are people who get help from other people. Like those people I was thinking about when I was traveling, it's because their parents have a credit card with a travel agency or they have family members who live in these certain fun places. So they're actually all they have to do is just get on the plane and the rest is taken care of, you know. But all you see is the travel, but you equate it. You do the math in your head, right? You're like, well, where would I get that $800 from? They didn't pay that $800, Theo. That person who got that job, their dad works at that company, man. You know, it's it's hard, but there's so much that happens behind the scenes that Instagram will never end up showing you, you know? You got this. You are on the right path. You are doing all the right things the right way. Believe in yourself. Else, Trust your gut. Trust the decisions you've made. And above all else, if life is hard right now, remember this one thing. All of the hardest things you've ever had to deal with before, you've already made it through them. Everything you said was hard in the past. Every single thing you said, I may not be able to do this. In the past, you're here now, which means you did it. Continue to think of it that way. Continue to work through it. I believe in you. I believe in us. We're going to do this. I'll catch you all next time.